All right, welcome to the NBA Holes Wednesday. Pardon the interruption edition. Please don't sue us with Inti Salinas. Inti, how are you, man? Man, I'm good. I'm good. I'm happy to be here. Last week was fun. This week maybe it'll be a little bit more organized. We were a little scattered last time. Yeah, yeah, we've got some some good topics to discuss. And we're just going to talk NBA basketball. Last week we got into some more interview type stuff. This week we're going to focus on the NBA because this is the NBA holes. So to start off, with all the James Harden buzz, what what do you think is the best potential fit for James Harden? Well, it's tough to say because did you see that video of him uh, speaking with, uh, well, Steph Curry talking about how James Harden was like, oh, it's fun to play hero ball, but I kind of yeah, yeah, like yeah, to yeah. play like beautiful basketball, you know? So it's kind of weird to see like if his mentality is like that, you know? Because if he's looking to just join a team and mesh with a team and just kind of like move the ball and just play actual basketball and not that crackhead basketball that Houston plays, you know, that <laughs> it's like ISO basketball for 45 minutes. So it's interesting to see. I mean, if he's really like that, I mean, he'd probably fit anywhere really well. I mean, his skill set. But if he's like himself and he wants to just hold the ball for 20 seconds, I don't see a lot of places where he would fit and they would win, you know? Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. And he seems to me like the kind of guy who he probably knows that he'd be in a better position playing a different role. And like mm-hmm. he knows to say like, yeah, it would be so great to do that. But then he gets on the court and he probably just wants the ball. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, absolutely. Like deep down, like that's that's who he is. You know, at one point yeah. he's also what, like thirty one. He's thirty one. He's thirty one. Yeah, like that's it's old to change. I mean, at one point, like you are who you are. You know, like like Carmelo. Like look at Carmelo. It took him forever, and he still plays the same way. Yeah, it's just that he plays less minutes and has the ball less. But it's like he plays exactly the same way. Like he wouldn't. He wasn't able to adapt in Houston or anything. You know, so it's no. just kind of like. They isolate him, but it's just less. But I think James Harden, like you said, James Harden can't fit anywhere because he can shoot with the ball. He can shoot with without the ball. He can create for anyone. He could be the primary creator. He can be the secondary creator. He could cut. He's so skilled offensively yeah. that he's not like a Russell Westbrook who needs the ball and needs to take only layups and dunks, right? You can yeah. put James Harden with any team and it would work out. The problem is who is actually going to trade for him and who has enough to actually trade for him? What do you, what do you see there? Yeah. Cause I really only see one option. Part of me thinks a really good fit would be Atlanta. I just don't know what pieces they could trade, you know, uh, it'd but have like, to be Trey young now. Like there's nothing I mean, else. Yeah. Ideally it would have to be, but let's say if they could keep Trey young, I think that'd be pretty cool. But if not, well, also like there's elite strip clubs at, in Atlanta, so that's, <laughs> that's James Harden definitely likes those. So I mean, that'd be a good fit off the court. But, I don't think he would be too upset about that. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, no, like like you said, it'd probably be Trey Young. If now, who do you think? Who's the fit you think? The only trade that I see at this point is actually realistic is the Sixers, mm-hmm. because they can just do James Harden for Ben Simmons straight up. The Houston gets a young star who's already been All NBA at twenty four who they can build their team around and Philly gets James Harden with Joel Embiid and they're, they can compete for a championship right now. They can contend right now, especially in the East. Honestly, that's the only deal I see because the Nets don't have enough. And then who like Denver's not going to trade Jamal Murray for him. So who actually has something other than the Sixers that's enough to get James Harden? 
Mm-hmm. That's why I didn't really understand the Nets because I was like, who are the Nets going to trade? You know, if they don't trade Kyrie or KD, like yeah, they exactly. Trade one of those two. So yeah, the Sixers. I think that would actually be a, a really nice. Trade. I think that James Harden actually fits better with Joel Embiid than Ben Simmons does because of his mm-hmm. shooting. I think that would be beneficial for both. You know, the only thing is that what do you do with Ben Simmons and John Wall? Because John Wall yeah. is another guy that can't. He's like a Russell Westbrook. You know, like yeah. Who do you think? Who do you think won that trade? That Russell Westbrook for John Wall trade, or do you think it's just literally just same exact player, just switching jerseys? You know. You know what? Let's finish this, and then we can get deep into that. Yeah, um, okay. I think. I think for the Sixers. James Harden for Ben Simmons and pairing James Harden and Joel Embiid. Obviously, it's kind of like, eh, do I want to give up my 24-year-old potential superstar who's already been NBA? Because there's this idea that Joel Embiid's only 26. He's young. There's the idea that him and Ben Simmons can grow together. But realistically, Joel Embiid has been very injured. He does, yeah. He's not necessarily in the best shape ever, right? Yeah. So if you get James Harden and you get Joel Embiid for the next three or four years, you're like ultimate contenders in the East. Yeah. And then looking at how you said about Houston with John Wall, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think, I don't think having John Wall on your team should prevent you from trading for Ben Simmons because realistically, John Wall is not your future, right? Ben Simmons yeah. is your future, and it could be a bit of a sticky fit. But John Wall is not exactly the same as Russell Westbrook. Like John Wall shoots 37% on catch-and-shoot threes. The problem with him is when he shoots off the dribble, I think he shoots like 16% on off-the-dribble threes. So it yeah. is a weird fit, but what else yeah, are you going to get? Like if your whole backcourt can't shoot, like sure, 30%, 37% on, on catch-and-shoot isn't terrible. It's actually pretty good. But that's it's also good, because yeah. in Washington he was left completely alone. Like, people yeah. aren't even playing his shot. Like, it's not like it's catch-and-shoot like Duncan Robinson, you know, or Clay. Like, it's not those <laughs> type of catch-and-shoot. It's like catch-and-shoot because you got nobody within 10 feet of you, you know? Because yeah, they because don't everyone knows shot. you can't shoot, yeah. Yeah, so it's a little different. It's like P.J. Tucker, you know? Like, P.J. Tucker, he shoots, like, like 45% from, like, the corner three, and everywhere else he shoots, like, 30%. It's because that spot no one can really help off because if they help off and James Harden kicks it, he had an open three, you know? But... I know I wouldn't trade Ben Simmons. Well, the thing is, Joel Embiid, I don't think he's going to have a long career. I don't think exactly. he's going to have more than like five years. And then, like you said, so it's really like championship or bust at that point with the Sixers if they do that trade because if they don't win in the next three or four years, it's back to the process, you know? And the process isn't always great. Yeah. And what's interesting for the Rockets is that they kind of need to start losing now because the picks that they gave up in the Russell Westbrook trade – Mm-hmm. Like if they if they're bad this year, they have their pick, so they can get mm-hmm. a high lottery pick and they're good. Twenty twenty one, it's top one. It's protected one to four. So if they're really bad in twenty twenty one, they could get like a their pick in the top one to four. But if they end up ninth, which is what I would see happening, right? If they trade James Harden for Ben Simmons, they're going to yeah, end yeah. up being like just outside the playoffs and they're going to lose their pick. So this is kind mm-hmm. of like. The Rockets are in a really weird position where they need to be bad or they need to get yeah. something really, really good for James Harden, which I didn't, don't really see happening. Yeah, well, the thing is that the Rockets, they're so analytical, you know? You think they could kind of just reverse the analytics and say, like, they're all threes or layups? How would they just do just mid-range for the whole season? And <laughs> they win, you know? Like, no it's a good way to tank. 
Yeah, like they're, they're like, oh, we checked out our analytics and we think their mid-range shots are better now. And all they do is take mid-range shots and see how many games they win. And then, oh, they lost 74 games, you know? Nah, just just an experiment, just to see what yeah, happens. Just, just, just see happen. Yeah, like, I'm not a really big fan of that. I find that if James Harden had a mid-range game, he'd be like eight times better than he is right now. Yeah, he'd be... That's what he's missing in his game, right? He's missing yeah. that... Kawhi being able to get his shot yeah. from anywhere on the court at any point in time. Yeah, like that Chris Paul. That Chris Paul just murders people with that mid-range jumper, you know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's his... That's like his kryptonite at the end of games. Either he's really tired or he's only taking step-back threes or some yeah, combination like of the two. Getting into the other side of the trade, the Westbrook and Wall trade, mm-hmm. who do you think won? How do you feel about it? Just talk to me about the trade. Well, for me... I mean, you made a good point that John Wall is a little bit different in the sense that he could play off ball a little bit better than Westbrook can. Uh, but I kind of find they're very similar in the ways they they play. I've been watching some videos where Bradley Beal and Westbrook seem to have some pretty good chemistry, you know? Mm-hmm. And they just seem to like like each other naturally. So that could be interesting. But I don't think that the trade helps Bradley Beal at all. Like, I'm, if I'm Bradley Beal, I'm still mad. Because like... He wrote a huge post about John Wall about how much he cares about him. That's like his best friend and stuff, you know? So it's like you take away his best friend and add a player that's exactly, almost exactly like him or even worse in some aspects, you know? Yeah, but you get a player who, I mean, John Wall hasn't played since like 2017. Yeah. You get a player who was, yeah, you get a player who was all NBA this year. And obviously it's like a controversial player and maybe he shouldn't have made all NBA. But even if, even if all NBA was too much, he still made it. He's still right in contention. You well, know? he's still an all star. Yeah, exactly. He's still he's still Russell Westbrook, and he's still really good. Whereas John Wall could come back and be John Wall, but mm-hmm. the odds of him coming back and being what he was beforehand, when he hasn't played since what 2017, 2018, mm-hmm. he hasn't played in so long. How can we expect? Like, how can you expect Bradley Beal to be like, yeah, let's just run it back with this guy who probably is not good anymore? Because I mean, I saw John Wall. And I know workout videos mean nothing, but I saw this guy take like 28 dribbles to get past Michael Beasley in off-season workouts. So that's <laughs> that's not a good thing to see, you know. Michael Beasley should have been something special, but that's really another <laughs> that's time. another podcast. That's a whole another. We're gonna have to do a whole special on Michael Beasley because I was so high on him. But yeah, I just find that Russell Westbrook game like John Wall is more of a natural point guard as well. Yeah, like, he absolutely. understands yes. how to run, and Westbrook really isn't. And, you know, if you're not really a point guard and on top of that, you need the ball all the time, you kind of like, but the thing is that Paul George had an amazing season with Westbrook. Mm -hmm. So like maybe Bradley Beal would too, but Bradley Beal averaged 30 this year and still got no love. If if I'm Bradley Beal, I'm trying to get out of Washington regardless. You know, I don't don't feel like this trade changed anything for Bradley Beal. I think it changes something in that they'll at least be competitive. They'll at least... The, like Bradley Beal will have something to play for and that they could get the eighth seed, they could get the seventh seed. He now has mm-hmm. a reason to actually play defense, right? Like yeah, this true. guy didn't try at all on defense last year. And so maybe just being competitive, yeah. and obviously you're not going to win the championship with Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal as your two best players, but you could maybe finish as high as the seventh. I think you'll at least get in the playoffs or at the very least this season there's a real play-in tournament. So... I don't know. I agree with you. If I were Bradley Beal, I would feel like I want out. I'm kind of wasting my career. Mm-hmm. But 
at the same time, he keeps talking about how much he loves Washington and his family loves Washington. He wants to be loyal. So at the very least, now he's got another star to compete with, no? Yeah. But, I mean, everyone says that. Even the whole Paul George was like, <laughs> I want to retire as a Clipper. Like, first of all, no one's ever said that sentence. Like, second <laughs> of all, you say that at every team you're at. Like, you're like, Indiana, I want to retire. It was OKC, I want to retire here. And then Clippers, like, it's players just say that. It's just politics at that point, you know? Like, I mean, like, if any other team offers Bradley Beal a max contract, I'm pretty sure he would take it. Yeah, well, I mean, he's here for the next three years, and he's a guy that could theoretically request the trade, but he's yeah. he hasn't requested it yet, and I don't know. We'll see what happens. I think I think they'll at the very least be a super fun team, scoring a lot of points, being very competitive, playing terrible yeah. defense. So yeah, <laughs> well, I mean, most most teams in the East don't really play much defense, except for the well, Bucks. Except for the Bucks, the, and that's why they're number one, and the Raptors, the Raptors and the Raptors too. too. And the Celtics the actually are pretty decent defensively, you know. So yeah, well, they're all well coached. That's the main <laughs> difference. You know, they actually are going. And I was going to well, say I mean, the Sixers could be good this year too. So actually, maybe a lot of teams in the East are playing defense this season. Well, Doc Rivers is probably, in my opinion, one of the most over- overrated coaches ever, mm-hmm. ever, ever, ever. Like, like I remember when he was at Orlando back back in the day, and he lost that. Uh, well, I think it was a two-one lead or a three-one lead. I think it was maybe 2-1 because it was back when it was best out of five in the first yeah. round. But yeah, against Detroit and stuff. And I was like, ever since then, I was like, this guy doesn't know what he's doing. And then like the only championship he won was when he had like three vet superstars at the same time, you know? I mean, Dockers had a good season the season before last with the Clippers. Mm-hmm. And I think, I don't know what he's done to earn such a good reputation, right? Because the only time he won... He had Ray Allen, Kevin Garnett, and Paul Pierce, and Rajon Rondo, right? Yeah. However, I mean, there's people that know more than us, and he keeps getting these jobs. And I think I think the egos were a little out of control last year, and he probably didn't really know what to do. It'll be interesting to see what happens in Philly. Because now he actually has a, he has a team that makes sense, right? There's a team here in Philly for the first time in what feels like forever that actually makes sense around Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. So it'll be interesting to see what Doc Rivers does offensively. Yeah, they added some shooters. You know, Seth Curry will help for sure. Danny Green. Danny Green. But Danny Green's so hot and cold. Like, people don't understand that Danny Green's peak was 2014. That was like six years ago. Like, he's so... He shot 45% from the three with the Raptors like two seasons ago. He is very hot and cold. But at the very least, he has gravity, you know what I mean? Like, you have to respect his shot because he yeah. can hit 45%. Yeah, but he's not the defender that he used to be. And that was his main thing was that he was a 3 and D player. Now he's just a 3 player, you know? He yeah. lost to D. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's still, he's still a decent defender. He's not what he once was, but yeah. he's, still, he's still good enough to contribute, especially on the team – where he's not going to be guarding the best player, right? Ben Simmons or Dybul yeah. or whatever. One of those guys is going to guard the best wing or guard. But, but I really don't think Doc Rivers is going to make an enormous difference. I don't think the – do you think the Sixers have a chance to make it to the finals as constructed currently? Maybe if they, maybe if they trade for James Harden. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying, as constructed currently. Like, I don't – I want to say yes because I like them. I like Ben Simmons. I like Joel Embiid. But, I mean, looking at the East – yeah. They're still it's, the fourth best team, Max. Yeah, I you kind know? of agree with you. You still got the Bucks, you still got the Raptors, you still got the Celtics. 
I mean, if order you want to put them in, but and yeah. then the Heat Heat got better. The Nets, if KD comes and back, then the and the Nets, like they might be the seventh best team in the East. I wouldn't go that low. I wouldn't go that. But I don't you know. Think, it's okay, but, be... but let's see. Let's, they're not better than the Bucks, Raptors, or Celtics for sure. I, mean, I think they, they can be the better Heat? than the Celtics, you and I think they could be better than the Raptors because I think the Raptors and the Celtics are both taking a step back this year. Celtics lost Gordon Hayward. Raptors oh, lost. That's, I both think that's a bonus bigs. for the Celtics. I think that's a no. huge bonus. That's Get a huge bonus. <laughs> Every time Hayward plays, I'm just like, hey, man, stop it. Like, just no, Gordon Hayward had go a, back, he go actually had a good Twitch. season, man. He had a good season. Oh, no. I just didn't find he ever really lived up to that Utah hype. No, but he got hurt. He got hurt in the first game, and yeah, it was that was like a super traumatic yeah, but, injury. Yeah, I agree. I, I take that into consideration, but it's still, I mean, those things happen, and it's a reality that he's not the same player as he was, you know? I mean, Michael Jordan might be the worst GM ever for giving him another max yeah. contract. <laughs> I just don't see it. Like, I don't really think they'll be better than the Raptors because Nick Nurse is such a great coach, and they develop players. And another Montrealer, Chris Boucher, got a contract, so he'll get some actual minutes now that Serge Ibaka's gone, and Chris Boucher is really good. So I don't think they lose that much from losing Serge Ibaka. And then they added uh, Baines, who I think gives them as much as Marcus All gave them. I don't know, man. I mean, theoretically, well, Baines was, Baines was those amazing two guys. Phoenix. Baines was good, but Marcus All does so many things in terms of passing yeah. and defensively. And uh, I mean, Serge Ibaka, is, Serge Ibaka had 15-7 last year. So, like, these guys are using big, big yeah, but I think Chris Boucher can do 15-7. and seven. I always do think. Yeah, I honestly think, and it's not biasness because he's from Montreal, but honestly, like his domination in games, like he literally comes in every game. I, I bet you his per forty minutes is like some something stupid, like thirty-two points and like eighteen rebounds. Like he contributes at a very high rate. He can shoot the three really well. He's a good shot blocker. I think. They yeah, the only thing is, is he like big enough and strong enough to actually be like your main center playing a lot of minutes? Well, I mean, I think he's going to play the four a little bit more. I think Baines is going to take the center spot. And because he can stretch. Oh, Baines can shoot the three as well. He shot it well in Phoenix. So I think both can actually play on the court together. And Baines will just take the bigger guy. And now with everyone playing smaller, there's not really any big bruising centers other than like Steven Adams, Joel Embiid. Yeah. Jokic. You know what? You've convinced me. I don't think the Raptors are going to fall much. No. I think the defensive rebounding could get hard. And I think... In the playoffs, it'll be a lot harder for them to compensate for the loss of Ibaka and Gasol. But in the regular season, I think you're right. They should be right about where they were. Yeah, but because, I mean, their guards are pretty tough. You know, Van Fleet and, and Lowry, even though they're smaller, they, they, they compete hard and they get boards here and there. They get little tap outs. And their their wings are big, like Norman Powell and OG. They do a pretty good job of rebounding as well. So I think we like more rebounding by committee. But I agree that in the playoffs, once they face a Joel Embiid for seven games or something, they could it could wear on them a bit. Yeah. All right, let's move to the Suns here. You sent me this question. You said, the Suns, are they contenders? I would say no. <laughs> but what do you have to say <laughs> right, about well, the Suns well, being contenders? Talk. All right, next, next, <laughs> next topic. <laughs> We're not going to end there, but that's that's my answer. What do you – it's your question. Well, so what do you just because I saw it? a picture – I saw a picture of – Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and DeAndre Ayton, and I was just like, man, that's three really nice pieces, you know? And then I was just like kind of looking over the roster, and I was like, they can make some noise. And if if Chris Paul was able to do what he did with OKC, mm-hmm. with the like less talent, a lot less talent around him, 
in the West, why wouldn't he be able to push the Suns where like their coaching staff is really good? Monty Williams like empowers his players and there's some assistant coaches. I actually listened to a podcast with one of the assistant coaches talking about their their offensive schemes and stuff. I'm like, okay, these guys are way ahead of the curve. And then they went eight and zero in the bubble, you know, and that was without Chris Paul. And Dude, first of all, yeah. first of all, how dare you listen to a podcast other than the NBA holes? <laughs> I'm not gonna listen to myself. Man. <laughs> <laughs> I like to learn as well sometimes. Because I'm just saying, like, if OKC was able to push, they pushed two seven games, right? Yeah. And that was without any DeAndre in or Devin, Devin Booker. Booker. Houston and the who the who did the OKC was that the first round? That was yeah, the first round was Houston OKC seven yeah. games. So it's like if they're able to push a team like that to seven games, and Chris Paul was able to change the culture and all that, how are you gonna and like people have trouble containing Chris Paul when Chris Paul's in a groove? How are you gonna contain Chris Paul when you have Devin Booker and DeAndre in out there? I think the you're pretty, right. Like, I feel like they might surprise people. It's just in the sense that how much talent they have. Like, they have that guy from Villanova, uh, Michael Bridges. Yeah. He's good. They picked up Jay Crowder, who's great in the mm-hmm. in the playoffs, and he's a tough dude. Uh, they have Dario Saric. You know, like, they have some pieces, you know? I think you're right. I think you're right. They've got a lot of pieces. And every time, I think Chris Paul always gets underrated. You yeah. know, the Chris Paul James Harden was... People were saying, oh, it's not going to be that good. And then they almost beat the Warriors. Yeah, like, Chris Paul you know, goes to OKC up. and he elevates yeah. he elevates guys that, frankly, are not as good as what the Suns yeah. have now. Yeah. So I think you're right. Okay. I don't know about contender because contender is contender to me is like Lakers, well, Clippers, well, think Yeah, but I think they can get to, let's say, the second round and possibly with a favorable matchup, they can maybe get to the conference finals. Possibly. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you to get to the second round, and if something really good happens for them, if things yeah. go well, they yeah, could maybe just, make the conference finals. If, like, if players develop, like they have Cameron Johnson, who's like an elite lights-out shooter. If he develops into like a more complete player in his second year, they have Damian Jones, who played with the, the Warriors, who's a super Trash. athletic big. He's an athletic big. That, but the one thing the Warriors do, they teach players how to just – like look at JaVel McGee. He went to the Warriors, learned how to play, and then he was a much better player after that. Yeah. They have Langston Galloway, who's a, a good scoring guard. Antoine Moore is a good scoring guard. They have some pieces on the bench. You're going to read me the whole roster? <laughs> yeah, basically. I'm just looking. I'm like, I'm... Cause, I mean, Jonathan I'm Motley. <laughs> Jalen Smith? I don't know who that is. How's their 10th uh, their overall pick this year? Oh, okay, okay, yeah. Oh, from Maryland. Yeah. Okay. He looks, he looks like Dave Chappelle in that scene where uh, he turns to be a crackhead. <laughs> I, forgot. I forgot that. What was it? Oh man, that was a great. I he looks no. stiff. He definitely looks stiff. He looks like he's not going to be a good defender out on the out on the perimeter. <laughs> he looks like he'll struggle in the NBA switches. Yeah. However, I think you're right. I think I think second round is a good yeah. barometer for them. I think if they don't make it to the second round, I don't know if it'll be disappointing, but. Well, it depends on everyone's evolution, right? Like if DeAndre Ayton actually can become a, a player that doesn't get in foul trouble every two games and can be remain consistent. And if Chris Paul stays healthy, healthy, right? Yeah, that's going to be Ball a huge, 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 huge thing. Yeah. But the thing is that at least he'll have less duty on his hand, you know? Like, oh my God, that's a terrible sentence. But he'll, last, <laughs> he'll have less responsibility 
<laughs> less responsibility uh, to create and to take over the office, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Because you can... I think this has potential to be the number one bandwagon team in the season, eh? Oh, yeah, absolutely. They're going to be fun to watch. Yeah, plus they got those nice orange jerseys and the new Valley jerseys. Yeah, true. Devin, Devin Booker is very smooth, pretty sexy guy, so... Not bad, not bad. But not they lost Kelly Oubre, and they, so their sexy level went down at least three it's points. It's true. Chris Paul is arriving with a lot of duty on his hands, though. So. A lot of duty. <laughs> that OKC duty. Let's move on. All right, Milwaukee. Milwaukee brought in Drew Holiday. They almost brought in Bogdan Bogdanovich, and then almost. messed up, almost. messed up almost. a lot of salary that- cap stuff and didn't. Is it championship or bust for Milwaukee? I think so. I think I mean I don't know if it's championship, but it's championship. It's definitely or, championship or bust. No? It's cha- championship or lose Giannis, which means bust. Yeah, yeah. You I know? think Milwaukee's in a very precarious situation because when all the news about the Bogdanovich trade came out, the like rumblings in Milwaukee were that Giannis was going to sign soon. Is it yeah. was we think good news is coming soon, and then once that deal blew up in their faces. We haven't heard anything about Giannis. He's back. He's in training camp. He hasn't signed. And yeah, so, yeah, exactly. I think if they go into the season without having signed him, whew, there's going to be a lot of pressure on that team this year, eh? Oh, my God. Because, I mean, it's literally like it's, it's more than bust. Because it's, it's not like, let's say, Lakers is championship or bust, you know? Because you know that the Lakers will, one, financially recover, and two, like, they're always going to Yeah, exactly. Start. The Lakers are like, fine. Milwaukee is like if they they get a star, they had one what with Kareem, like sixty <laughs> eight, and then they had this one like Michael like Red, Michael Red, Michael Red was really good. Ray, Ray Allen, Allen also. Ray Allen, Brandon um, Jennings, Brandon Jennings for ten games <laughs> was really good. But overall, like let's say a team that could actually contend for a championship, it was nineteen sixty something, and now you know it's yeah. like. For Milwaukee, it's it's a huge, huge, and that was such a huge fuck up on their end for the Bogdanovich because that was such a good pickup. When I saw that, I was like, "Oh, that's amazing!" And then now he's in Atlanta. Oh, Atlanta looks good too. But yeah, yeah, true. But yeah, I I really think it's championship or like goodbye, Yanis. Yeah, yeah, and with everything that they gave up to get Drew Holiday, if yeah. they if they lose Giannis. The oh, franchise yeah. is going to be in the dumps for like seven to eight years. So yeah, minimum, minimum. That's like minimum. Like last time they were in the dumps for like twenty eight years. So like, yeah, but we're talking like just like ten years of last place in the East, right? Like they yeah, won't have like they, picks. Like they, they won't have anything. Yeah, they might have to sign Jello Ball after he gets cut by the team. <laughs> <laughs> like that's all they're gonna. Have. That's how they'll bring in the fans, eh? Yeah, that's yeah, bring in Jello. Jello shots for everyone in the crowd, baby. Yeah, that's you know, he, I don't a know good marketing scheme. Yeah, he should be sponsored by Jello by now. He should but, be. Yeah, I have an actual question for you, though. Tell me. Since you're a LeBron fan, do you think that the Lakers, after all their moves, are worse or better than last year? I think that they're better. I think that they're better. I don't. I don't think they're as better in the playoffs. Like, everyone is saying, like, the Lakers have now taken a step up to being in their own tier. I've heard a lot of people say that. I think Zach Lowe mm-hmm. said that. Mm-hmm. I don't know that they're that much better because in the playoffs, Montrez Harrell, we just saw him be terrible in the playoffs. And we just saw that the recipe for the Lakers to win the championship in the playoffs 
is Anthony Davis and LeBron James at the four and five. Mm-hmm. And so I would have liked for them to have brought in like a Jay Crowder or even a Serge Ibaka who can space the floor instead of Montrez Harrell to play, to play in the big moments, right? I think in the regular season they'll be better just because they have more guys that can play and put up numbers and be good. I think overall they are better, but not quite as much. But I know I'm saying the word better way too much here, but I don't think they've improved quite as much as everybody says. What do you think? I think they – I mean, obviously I'm a hater in some aspects of life. Yeah, try to um, strip that away. Strip away the hate. Yeah. I think Dennis Schroeder is an upgrade from Rajon Rondo as much as I like 100%, Rondo in the playoffs. A million percent. I find that uh, he's an upgrade, but I find that Montrose Harrell is a, a downgrade from Dwight Howard because I find that he's he's very he's a liability defensively. Like that's exactly what the Nuggets did in that series was just completely expose him. Yeah, they picked him apart. It was just he was unplayable. He was just unplayable offensively and defensively. So it's kind of yeah. scary to think like at least Dwight Howard, you know that he's going to have couple blocks and at least 10 rebounds if he gets the minutes and anything offensively is bonus like he's a good lob threat like harold 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 why can't yeah. i pronounce the names anymore <laughs> harold, it's all good just keep it going you're doing all right he's not a he's not a, a, a lob threat and that takes away takes away a lot from the offense you know because dwight howard is always just roaming around and just finishing either putbacks or he had little lobs you know so yeah, it's kind of fifty-fifty. I find that their interior defense got worse, and they have less depth for the center position. But like we know, the league is a lot smaller, right? So unless unless they face Jokic again, and the well, if they face better, Jokic, then they have Mark Gasol, who completely locked up so Joel Embiid two years ago. Yeah, two years. But Mark Gasol is aging like a banana, man. Like <laughs> three years ago, now he's like that brown brown banana. Like he is, he got maybe a year left. Like he, he looked. I think he's gonna last. retire after this year. Yeah, like he and you heard Paul Gasol trying to join the Lakers now. Yeah, I don't know what that's about. That's like, a guy yeah. who's who's gonna join and then end up getting cut because they want to bring on another guy exactly. on, a, he, on a buyout. And then he gets a free ring. However, I will I'll say this: I think Marcus Marcus obviously was terrible in the bubble, as was Montrez Harrell. But I mean, mm-hmm. Montrez Harrell came off a really weird circumstance where he ended up being really out of shape and he never really was able to get back in shape. So I don't think he's as bad. I mean, he can't be as bad as he was in the bowl because that's an awful player. And Montrez Harrell's not an awful player. He's pretty good. Marcus Gasol was also really bad in the bubble. Mm-hmm. But on the year, he shot 39% from three, which is really good. And so he's not going to have to give him that much. He, all he's going to have to give him is like 20 minutes a game of good yeah. defense passing the ball around, and hopefully he can hit some threes. Yeah. You I got to understand that, that 39% is also, again, those type of threes where, I mean, he takes like two a game, you know? He's not take, taking like Jokic threes, you know? 3.4 a game last season in 26 yeah. minutes. But LeBron James gets you those threes. Now, if anyone's getting you those open, no one's guarding you yeah. threes we're talking True. about John Wall getting, right? It's going to yeah. be LeBron that gets you them. Yeah, that's for sure. It's a good fit. I just find that Marcus All is aging really, and I don't think that this whole COVID stuff is helping him at all. Like, I doubt he's the guy that's going to go work out by himself. <laughs> I, I don't know enough about Marcus All to say whether well, he, or not he's hitting the elliptical. Well, he was obese in high school, and then he went into a whole <laughs> like, like he lost a bunch of weight. But 
Then he looked great for a couple seasons, but you could tell the last two seasons after the championship, like he hasn't looked the same. I don't know. I mean, we'll have to see on that one. I think what you said on the Montrez Herald taking away from their offense in terms of taking away from their lobs. Yeah. I think you have a point there. However, I think what you're failing to take into account is that he gives them a whole secondary pick and roll game, right? Like him and Lou Williams was a ridiculous pick and roll threat off the bench for for the Clippers last year. And so they can essentially have the exact same thing with him and Dennis Schroeder or with him and LeBron. So mm-hmm. I think he'll be good for them in the regular season. The playoffs is a bit of a different story, but we'll we'll see on that. I don't know if Wes Matthews, I think, is a bit of a downgrade from Danny Green, but maybe Wes Matthews will actually be able to make shots in the playoffs. I think the Lakers yeah. are better. I think the Lakers are better. I don't think they are on another tier from the rest of the league, but I, I do just, think that they're better. Did you check out the uh, top 100? Well, it's only until like 51 right now, I think. The ESPN yeah. ratings? Or, oh, no, actually, it went down to, like, top 10. I don't know if they have it all out. Yeah, the rankings. Yeah, I saw some of it. I saw the, I saw some crazy stuff, man. I saw some crazy it's stuff. It's some of the craziest stuff I've seen ever from them. Like, I think at this point, they're just doing it because they know the crazier they go, the more fan interaction they get. Like, it probably gets retweeted 10,000 times more when it's something ridiculous, right? Yeah, absolutely. They're doing it on purpose, for sure. And they've been doing it on purpose for like the last four years, right? Because every time they put out that list, they yeah. put out something that makes no sense. And yeah. then for the next four days, all of Twitter is talking about how ESPN ranked Tyler Hero above DeMar DeRozan, you know? Yeah, yeah. Or freaking P.J. Tucker over DeMar DeRozan. P.J. Tucker's good. He's, he, I don't know he's, if he's... He's not a bad player, but is he better than DeMar DeRozan? You think if you traded P.J. Tucker for DeMar DeRozan, your team would get worse? I think the problem with DeMar DeRozan is he's such a weird fit with any team that's actually really good, right? Because on the best teams, DeMar DeRozan is not going to be your best player. And DeMar mm-hmm. DeRozan is kind of only good at the things that best players are good at, right? He's good at creating his own shot and playmaking, but he can't space the floor and he can't play defense. Mm -hmm. So like I was talking about this with Brandon earlier today, like DeMar DeRozan is absolutely better than Tyler Hero. But Mm -hmm. if you're talking about a team on the heat, for example, if you put DeMar DeRozan on the heat, that they're just going to be so clogged that what are they going to actually do on offense with DeMar DeRozan? I I agree with that. That's a very good point. But I find that this list is not a list of like best, best fit, you know? Yeah, like, in terms of just best player, absolutely DeMar DeRozan is better than you know, Tyler Hero. But they have, they have KCP ahead of DeMar DeRozan. What's crazy to me is John Wall is number 81, and the guy hasn't played in like 17 years at this point. <laughs> yeah, they put him ahead of De- like It's just crazy. Like, At least they put Michael Porter Jr. ahead of Lonzo Ball. At yeah, least. but they have Michael Porter Jr. like 51st. Yeah. In what world is Michael Porter Jr. the 50 year player, best player in the league? He only played yeah, like, like 40 games and was good yeah. in maybe 20 of them. Yeah, he's like top 30. You think he's top 30? <laughs> what? <laughs> the awkward silence. You're like, shocking. What, what do you say, say? Yeah, no. But he looked A good. Shocking Bo- take. Hey, my Nuggets look good in training camp. So Bobo and MPJ are looking good. So there was a nice Watch little Bobo. Highlight reel, eh, that they put out. Yeah. I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to be the real deal. He should be 
if he's not in the top 10, I'm never going on ESPN again. <laughs> I have some bad news for you. He probably, <laughs> the odds are that he won't make it. They should just put him number one, and that would set Twitter on fire. And then we're good. They get the, and I'm happy. Getting there. really crazy. Interesting. Marcus Smart is number 37. I That's like really that. high. That is I like really Mark Smart, too. That is really high. Let me ask you something. And this will be the last question of the day. Uh, Jalen Brown, they've got him at number 32. Mm-hmm. I heard Bill Simmons said that the Celtics wouldn't trade Jalen Brown for James Harden. Am I, is there something that I don't see about Jalen Brown? Or is, is he being overrated by people? I think he's being overrated. I think that I think his potential is so high, and people fall in love with the potential, you know. Because Jalen Brown is that like that super hot girl with no personality, and like a really big beard. Yeah, exactly. That hot girl with a big (laughs) beard. But basically, that's what he is. So everyone like at first look, and you just kind of you're like, okay, that's really what we need as a small forward in the NBA, you know. But his production, and after you get to know him a bit, you just see that. He's very average in a lot of ways, you know? It's just that he has crazy moments where, like, he'll dunk. I mean, he is. He has really good stats. He has good stats, and he, he has good numbers, too. I just. Yeah, but uh, Bill Simmons is also, like, a huge he's, Celtics yeah, fan, Celtics. you know? So, like, he's just super biased at any time it comes to talk about that. But, yeah, I would definitely trade James. But, again, it's the thing. Is James Harden coming in to be, like, a secondary ball handler or whatever, you know? Yeah, I mean, right. if you trade Jalen Brown for if you trade Jalen Brown for James Harden, first of all, Houston should riot. The whole city yeah. of Houston should riot. But second yeah. of all, the Celtics are looking really, 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 really good. Yeah, absolutely. Would you trade uh, Jason Tatum for James Harden? Nah, no, no. Jason Tatum, I think, has a chance to be like a top ten, top five player in the league for the next ten years. There's no way I'd trade him, and he's 22, right? He's he's only 22. Yeah, he's so young. He has so much potential. He, there's no way I would make that trade. Like for me, worst case scenario for Jason Tatum is he ends up being Paul George for the next 12 years, and that's worst case. And that's I think best bad, case, <laughs> no, not, play, not playoff P, Paul George, regular oh, Paul okay. George. Not George, not George Paul. Not way, yeah, not George Paul, not way off P, pandemic P, whatever. Yeah. Regular Paul George, regular season Paul George. So I don't think, I don't think they're giving him up for anything. Man, I love the whole Paul George slander at this moment. Yeah, I yeah. love it. I, I saw that thing where he he said he's like, I'm just a shot maker, and then the, everyone was just like, a shot maker. <laughs> and the whole <laughs> comment section was just that. Oh yeah, fuck, yo, fucking Jason Tatum was born in 1998. That's so crazy. Now yeah. I'm so old, man, because I trained a kid was born in 2006, and he was actually pretty good. And I was like, 2006? I was alive, and I doing, like, serious things. Like, independent things, you know? <laughs> myself and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, we're getting, we're getting old. We're getting old. But now we're getting way off track for our podcast. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, think we'll, I think let's call it a day. I think we should as well, sir. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you, Indy, for being here. It's been fun, and we will see you on the next episode of the NBA Holes. Have a good day, guys.